This is Retrospective Facilitation, a podcast for facilitators that want to make their retrospectives even more effective. Listen to industry experts, authors, and executives that advocate powerful retros, share their stories and insights on how to reflect, adjust, and become more effective. To receive updates on the latest episodes, subscribe to our newsletter at thisisretrospectivefacilitation.com and win a chance to ask questions to our guests. Today our guest on the show is Yuta. She is an Agile expert that wrote a book called Agile Retrospectives for Organizational Change. Yuta, thank you for joining us. Well, great for having me. Thank you so much, Enrico. Yuta, what was the reason for you to write this book? Well, the main thing was that um, I know, at least in the HR field, that retrospectives are used mainly for teams. So it's a software team looking back at uh, how the past sprint, for example, worked, what helped, what didn't, and then come up with ideas, first generating insights, but then coming up with ideas, what should be done differently, and then decide on actions. And uh, while this is good, there is also the big remainder of the company which is not taking these learning lessons. So that's the one thing. The other thing is that um, we all undergo a lot of changes and retrospectives are all about change. And so um, I felt the need that putting retrospective or taking retrospective out of that software team corner and really leveraging them for organizational change because they are just great tools for doing so. How are retrospectives for organizational change different than the regular ones? I think the main difference is compared to software teams, so organizational change, typically you start with people who have not a joint history. So they haven't necessarily worked together. Maybe they have a little bit worked together, but not on a daily basis, not not like a software team that works together all the time. And so they look together back, okay, and how did we work together? So for an organizational change, especially when starting it, it means there is no joint history. However, there are different perspectives because every individual brings a different perspective to the table. And so it's more used for maybe forward-looking than backward-looking. So it's, it's, it's using those perspectives, but planning for the future for that organizational change that's coming up. And, and not having the joint history is really a huge difference here. So the organizational change typically comes more from within so that the there is a need from the company side to make a difference, to, to do something different, because whatever isn't working anymore. And it can be really a, a huge thing like um, the digitalization or so, that now almost every company is a software company, although they might not know it yet. So, so one of my examples is that I think it was at least five years ago, that a manager from the BMW, so I'm from Germany originally, a manager from BMW um, told me, look, we are not a car manufacturer anymore. We are actually a software 
company because the main difference between our cars and other cars is software nowadays. And even at the time and also now, I'm pretty sure not everyone in BMW would agree with that manager, yet still there's a lot of truth in it that the, the core products are changing for almost every company. And then seeing something like that, that means also a lot for the whole company will change. And and that's what I mean. There There's a need that's seen from within. However, it's very unclear what's the resolution to that need or to the pain or the challenge everyone sees. And, and it can be as well a, a very clear and, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe a challenge that a lot of others have seen before, or it can be a restructuring that's going on. So so also kind of, I would say, known, known changes for organizations, but it, it can be really small and big. You mentioned building shared context. How do you usually do that? So for a retrospective for organizational change, the good thing is, the, the original structure of the retrospective isn't really changing. So it, it's still the way people who are using retrospectives are, are knowing that structure. So it's meaning you're looking first at um, kind of welcoming and set the stage. And then you gather the data that are at hand. At, and the ones that are at hand at, at the beginning is, well, we know the challenge. and we have the different perspectives from the individuals here. And then we generate insights from those data, both of them, like what's what's ahead and what do we all bring to the table. And um, then we we come up with, with actions and then we decide what to do and we uh, end and close the, the retrospective. So, so this, general structure, the overall structure remains the same. And so that's, that's the good thing because there is stuff out there that still can be used even if you are in a different environment in a different setting here. So in this type of retrospectives, we have people that spend less time together. And do you find that the gather data step is more difficult given that they don't spend time together? And if it is, how have you faced that uh, challenge? How have you solved that challenge? Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's definitely a good question. And it's kind of um, an it depends answer. So a typical consultant answer, because it, it, it also depends on the kind of change that's necessary. And then the, the people have just different stakes there in in that change so for some of them it is well absolutely necessary and we really want to do that and therefore we we jump ahead and for other it it is scary and and therefore then it it is different and for for these kinds of things what i always find helpful is to on the one hand do more things which are maybe a little bit more anonymous in that sense that that it's more done in writing and not speaking out right right away or that you do more like 
yeah, which is also a first reflection and then maybe in pairs before you go into the whole group. So creating that safety for for everyone to speak up. Yet it's it's not so different than on a team level because that could happen there as well, depending on what, what struggle a, a software team is facing. In the book, you describe three types of changes that an organization can go through, static, dynamic, and complex. Would you mind sharing that with the audience? Mm-hmm. So first of all, the, the source for that is uh, something that's called Human Systems Dynamics, HSD is an acronym. And um, there they found out that there are these three different kinds of change. Actually, uh, to be very precise, it would be four different kinds of change because one is no change, but because it's known, I'm always also ignoring it right away. So there are three kinds of changes. And the um, um, simple one is just, well, you know where you are and you know where you need to go. So it, it can be also like moving houses or um, just go from here to there. So it's always a, a straightforward thing. You know where you are and you know what kinds of steps you need to take. And then the um, dynamic change is, well, you still know where you are and you know where you're going, but the path going there is unclear, which means you always need to uh, stop and reflect and look at like first of all is is this are we still on the right track and did it help us what we did to move freely in the right direction and and therefore it's not as straightforward as a simple change and then the complex change which is actually also called the, a dynamical change there it's often not completely clear where we start really and it's also not clear where we need to end. It, it's kind of the thing of the moving targets. So we believe at the moment, we know that whatever we want to do in a structural change, but on our way there, we might figure out that actually something different is necessary here for us to really solve the problem that we are having. So it is more on, well, maybe an actual way of working then that's required because we do something, then we stop, reflect, and also figure out is the goal that we thought is our goal, is that still valid? Or maybe has that changed as well? Kind of like in the software world, when we deliver something to the customer, then maybe the customer says, well, that feature is not solving my problem at all. Although we all thought at first this is the right product, but maybe it's not. As a consultant, how would you bring the right people in the room for this kind of retrospective? Well, <laughs> you mentioned Diana already, and I, I like to quote her there. She often says, you know what, I'm not in the convincing business, <laughs> which I really like. So, <laughs> so it is, if there is a need... And therefore, people wanna wanna overcome whatever problem they are facing. Then, of course, they are ready for any kind of help. 
having said that, what, what I really find important from the retrospective point of view is taking that time to stop, to pause, to reflect, and just that often helps a great deal. And as a consultant, and maybe even more so as a coach, this is a lot what you're doing. So you help people to, to get out of their daily work and, and take some time to reflect before you, you do the next step. So, so therefore, retrospectives are more, I would even say, natural tools for consultants and coaches, although they are not used like that. Well, in the edge of world, maybe yes, but not necessarily on all levels. It, it's more used, again, on software teams. But I think this is, this is kind of the tool for helping everyone to, yeah, to make the next step, to be clear about the, the current situation and, and what's needed to really move on. It's also a great thing that you can give into the hands of, of the, the people working in the company because a retrospective is somebody that something that of course can be used easily within inside the company and you don't have to rely on someone from outside. Broadening the horizon by seeing different perspectives that are really there and getting out of, of one's own box. And this definitely leads as well to giving and receiving feedback as well because you, you are more more open for hearing these other perspectives. And well, listening to myself here, this sounds like this is a happy, shiny world. However, it's not so easy that you're, you start using retrospective and you're right there. It's typically, it takes some time as everyone, until everyone is used to it and, and really has learned how this works best. I just had today a conversation actually about that where uh, somebody said to me, well, this is, this is all working great, but what, what he sees in his company, the people are afraid of giving honest feedback. And as long as this is not there, then also a retrospective is hard to, to really get going and working. And um, there you more need to, well, train kind of how to do that, how to provide honest feedback, which is constructive and um, in a way that, that you dare to say it, but it's also easy to take it. Psychological safety, and this needs to be created over time. It's nothing that's, that's happening right there. And again, retrospectives help in, in developing that over time. We're almost at the end of our show, and we asked the three questions we asked all our guests. Can you tell us a book that you're reading right now? One that I just finished reading, which is uh, so one from out of our field, so a business book, if you will. That's uh, Unlearn from Barry O'Reilly, which fits actually very nice in this whole topic because Unlearn is really about, well, how you get rid of behaviors that are not serving you anymore and, and how do you kind of make space for new behaviors. So, so it's really, yeah, it's a great fit to the topic by accident. And um, a book that's not a business book, 
but I still I'm I'm really excited about that. It's um I well I don't know if it's really existing in English though. That's my problem. But anyway, so it's called Space Girls and it's about the Mercury 13 program where um uh, women were trained to fly to the moon. And in the end, so it's based on a real story in the US and uh in the end they were not sent just well because they are women so very very interesting book also about the time and so on yeah can you tell us if you have a favorite retrospective activity and if you have a little story about that i do and um of course it's it's also a depends thing right but um if if people are stuck so there is um like something where where the people in the retrospective say well we we see no way how we can change that so it can be because they think somebody else it's it's not under their control so it's on somebody else's control or so on and then i um do something which is first of all we are looking at how can we make this situation worse so not looking at how can we solve it but how can we make our situation worse and then first of all this often helps and break up a lot of things so because people start making jokes and and having fun and well and we can even do this and blah and so on and then the thing is if you can make something worse you can also make it better so this opens up a, yeah completely different ideas it's called paradox intervention and is a technique that's coming from coaching actually and a final question what is your favorite food what is your favorite dish oh some i would say some vegetarian curry so i like indian food and yeah <laughs> our guest shared lots of insights and ideas Which change are you going to try in your next retrospective? Tell us on Twitter with hashtag #thisisretrospectivefacilitation or leave us a comment on thisisretrospectivefacilitation.com. You can get in touch with our guest on Twitter at Yuta Hackstein E C K S T E I N and on LinkedIn with the same handle. Norm Kurt, known as the father of retrospectives and author of the book Project Retrospectives, suffered a disabling brain injury in a car accident 20 years ago. Visit thisisretrospectivefacilitation.com/help-norm for details and a link on how to contribute to his fund. Thank you for listening. This is Enrico Teotti. Till next time.